Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Do you face your challenges alone or do other men have your back? How does our desire for a plan or vision become a trap? And what's the key to making a commitment in relationships? Allison and I continue where we left off in the episode entitled, Should You Settle or Blow Up Your Life? Today, we talk about making bold moves, the value of a men's group, and how I almost killed our relationship by acting like a nice guy. How's it going over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> How's your latte? It's awesome. You haven't had a real I latte. I have not. I've been off of coffee and especially lattes and any kind of latte-like esque sugar for well since January fifth. Mm-hmm. And now you're back. You felt oh, is this is this a, a defeat for you to go back or is it a no? I'm good. We're back. How do, how do you justify it's, it? We, it's the time. Time will tell. We. It's yet to be revealed. You're gonna wake up wanting another one. I don't know if I'll wake up wanting one, but I, yeah, I'll be thinking about you're it at some point tomorrow. You're going to go to bed tonight. So I need to be in relationship excited. with how am I orienting towards this treat? You're going to lay in bed tonight and you're like, oh my God, tomorrow I'm going to get another one. <laughs> if I hang out with you, I probably will be. On the bad. On you're the bad my bad one. influence. You turn me on to these and then you, now I'm the bad person. No, no. Um, last, last time we talked, we left off where uh, I met you. Well, you hadn't, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, right. We've, we've you, we spoke on the phone spoke and you phone. booked a ticket to come meet me, but that was it. I think well, that's where no, we stopped. No, I don't think we revealed that part. Oh, I think okay. we just talked about how we had been introduced and that was it. So can I talk about that part? We can talk about that part. Can I, uh, can I appreciate you? You can appreciate me. Right now? Right now. <laughs> nah, not right now. <laughs> I'm going to drink, la- drink my latte and you'd appreciate me. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Because we had been introduced. You were, you Kinda were basically ho- really uncomfortable. 
in the life you'd outgrown the life that I was outgrowing that life. Yep. You were outgrowing that life. You were still kind of scared of, uh, kind of scared. Like, like you were in the cl- you, as you say, <laughs> you were in the closet. You were like, uh, you were holding it down as kind of split lifestyle uh, where you were, you were, you were still rock and roller partier, whatever, dude. I don't think you know who I am. <laughs> well, I didn't back then. <laughs> and, uh, but you were also really engaging in curiosity. Even, I don't know, it was sometime in this point, you, you had started your own men's group. I don't know if that was before, during or after, but you had already been to Costa Rica. You had already started a local men's group. You were trying, you were trying to integrate. I was trying. That's true. I was trying. I, I, I had created a story that there's no way that you know, just my current, the life I had at the time could expand, you know, it was the whole excuse. I don't want to be, and what I didn't realize is I was afraid to be uncomfortable. I was afraid to have uncomfortable conversations. I was really afraid that people were going to, if they knew who it was and then they knew what I was into, that they'd just, I'd be humiliated. They'd, they'd judge me. And so it was for you, it was more like about a reflection of who you were, not so much. I don't know how, is that right? Like the discomfort and the, like the place where you were before you, you know, think made about any decision. friendships, think about any friendships we have, right? They're usually typically built around, oh, well, I know these people through X, Y, Z, through work, through this particular interest or our kids or whatever. And then when it's time to open the door to maybe, Hey, this is our, our friendship could go down this road. It could expand into these other things. It's like, wow, I don't know if they're going to like that. I mean, we played... Mm-hmm. Right. Cards Against Humanity with a couple the other night. And it was like, well, this they may leave here. That's right. We might completely blow disgusted. this up. We might no longer <laughs> just, have some mutual friends. With just how <laughs> gross and terrible we are. So there was that, there's always that risk of like, well, we could go on this road. That's or, true. That's and it true. might blow up the relationship. So okay. I, so I, that was going on for me. and and um, But I did. I did start a men's group as I was challenged. I went on a uh, retreat to Costa Rica and... Didn't know any of the guys there except my buddy Alex went with me and um, I was challenged there. They were like, hey, you're a leader and you're hiding out and go start a men's group and run a men's group for two years. And I was like, no way. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, do it. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was just like, there's no freaking way. I don't know anybody that would want to do that. And and you um, don't know how. And I don't you know wouldn't how. know first thing about how to. Yeah. So all the excuses come up, but really... It was just go do it and figure it out. And what they were in touch with, with their challenge for you, not just you're a natural leader, but it was also they were seeing something in you that needed to be fed. Is that right? I don't know if they they recognized that. We didn't really get into too much of our personal lives, you know, that that piece there. But it was it was just more of of quit hiding out. If you're a leader and you have a voice and Mm -hmm. you can impact, then give that. Don't sit back and play this role. Mm-hmm. And they nailed that on the head with yeah. me. And uh, I came back and I was like, I don't know what to do. I ended up at the time, The Way of the Superior Man by David Data had been a huge impact mm-hmm. on me. That was that was basically kind of the only book that really you know, could start the conversation. And I bought 20 copies of that book and I mm-hmm. gave them out to 20 different guys that huh. I knew. Some of them I never heard from again. Some hmm. were like, oh, this is interesting and didn't get back, you know, mm-hmm. weren't interested. I, I remember one guy was like, my wife found this and like is really pissed off at uh-huh. me now. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and then four guys were, hell yes, let's mm-hmm. start. Let's start a group. And essentially what we did was 
we just took that book and we'd pick a chapter and instead of it being a book club, we'd talk a little bit about this particular topic, but then we would give each other these challenges. And every, mm-hmm. every week I just, I didn't want to show up every week and be like, I haven't made any progress. Huh. I haven't done anything with regards to this, this stagnation in my, either it was the relationship I was in or I was, um, whatever was happening with wanting to do X, Y, Z. I just, I was tired of being stagnant and I creating that group and being in that group with those guys, even though we were small and we had no idea what we were doing, we were figuring it out. Um, it, it radically changed my life because it radically changed what I did in between our meetings. The Mm -hmm. meetings were one thing Mm -hmm. and I loved that, but how I, what I was doing in between those meetings was really key. And um, that's really the key of the coaching process too. A lot of people are like, well, how much do you pay an hour? And it's right. like, well, it's not about it's not, that. It's yeah. what you're going to be doing in between our calls that yeah. really matters. And that's, what's going to create the shift. And, um, I walked away from that experience in that men's group. Um, within, you know, a month or two, I had into the relationship that I'd been in within, you know, it was in within several months, like everything started to really change in my life. I was getting much more focused and mm-hmm. talking about it every week. Mm-hmm. Hold your feet to the fire. I was on it holding too. my feet to the fire, but also I couldn't just go stay in my head about it and, mm-hmm. and bullshit myself around it. Well, it seems like, tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I would imagine that that's probably one of your first um, sort of front lines, palpable experiences of learning about brotherhood and learning. Like the reason I say it like that is because um, you had said in one of your other interviews that you knew that you wanted to help, like you specifically had your, your kind of heart went out to men, like you really wanting to help guys. And I'm curious if that was one of the places where that, I mean, I know you've had it in your whole life, like with your dad and the brotherhood that he has had through his career. But, but like, um, was that a place for you where you really saw the value of men helping men? I I think on a more practical level, I, you know, being in a, in bands with other guys, rock bands, there was a, a real sense of driving hours to pull up to some sh- shitty smelling club and loading our gear in and being like, we're going to own this place tonight. This is ours. And I know it's a different vibe than doing it by yourself. Yeah. Having... One, True. two, three other guys like th- mm-hmm. this place is ours and feeling like pirates. And that's mm-hmm. that like I can do anything. If you guys, if, if you've got my back, I've got your back and we're just, we can mm-hmm. accomplish anything. That's a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. And so were you getting some of that in your men's group with the challenges, the it loving? Was, it was much more directed to, hey, what are you doing in your life? Yes. Yes. But it, it was, was still just, there. Like we have you, we're, we're holding your feet to the fire here. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. So. So it, it's helpful for me to, to know about this too, because for me, these are like roots. I have such an appreciation for you on that day when we finally did speak on the phone. We had been having some exchanges after being introduced by Marcy. Emails and through stuff. Email, right. Yeah. And, and the day that we f- did speak, we, and we really just dropped in and, and got to know each other yeah, we more. We talked for like three hours or yeah, two hours that's or right. something. No, for sure. Three. And, um, you know, the next day I'm opening my little flip flown to check my messages after work. And 
back in the day where you dial in for your messages and there you are on my voicemail saying I bought a ticket to to Denver next Thursday at I'll you know my flight gets in at five I'd like to pick you up at seven take you on a date I want to meet you in person kind of thing um that was so bold to me it was incredibly romantic too but also bold like wake every fiber of my being up to, whoa, who is this person who's willing to take risks, who's willing to, to gamble, who's willing to uh, not know what's on the other side before he leaps. And, and the reason that I was asking you about the men's group and the, you know, like what was happening in Florida is because there have to, you know, like I'm, I'm seeing like fibers and seeds of what was happening in your life that helped you get there? Cause not there, it's not true that every human being can just take that kind of leap. Mm -hmm. So is it accurate to say that that's it, these are the fibers, these are the seeds that were helping you lean in I to the life getting, that you wanted? Yeah. I think that it was also just a, a sense of, I'm so tired of dicking around. I'm so tired of waiting. I'm so tired of playing it safe. And when the opportunity showed up, when I met you and, and we had that great conversation, I could feel my choices. I could, I could sense my choices. One was play it safe and be like, oh, that was interesting. She sounds kind of cool. Maybe one day we'll get together. Right. That just felt like shit. Mm -hmm. And then there was the other one who was like, go meet her. Mm -hmm. And then it was, well, what am I waiting for? Mm -hmm. So I bought a plane ticket and I'm coming out. I'm mm -hmm. going to meet you. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's a little more to it than that, but that was the energy of I'm, I, when I know what I want, I act. Yeah. It, it, that's, uh, that's the ideal It's just, that's what I love about you. Boom. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Well, we're going to explore later on why that's not all. It wasn't always the case, but it was what I've learned is that when I'm clear about what I want and the opportunity arise, even if it's just a hunch, I'm at my best when I just attack and just mm -hmm. go. And it's not impulsive. It's, it's, I've been preparing for this. And so go. And it didn't seem like that big of a risk to me to yeah. do that. It right. didn't seem just a trip to Boulder for a weekend kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. It was like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Even if I called and I was like, I want to take you out to dinner. Even you even bristled. You're like, you know, you need to respect my calendar. You kind of did your little thing, snapped your fingers <laughs> to the end this of is, days. I will. Yeah. It's like, you don't get to decide when you take me to dinner. And I was like, all right, well, how's eight o'clock then, you know, it's like, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you had to push back yeah, and show me who was boss, but, and I'll meet you there. You're not picking me up. Yeah, You're not picking me up. I'll meet you. All right. Great. <laughs> but, um, but yes, I, I appreciate that boldness to just simply act. And to me being bold is a way to, if I'm scared of, and I'm scared of being uncomfortable, then just go. If I'm out on the diving board, mm. go. Standing on the diving board is what's so painful. Oh, should I go? I don't know. Is it going to get wet? Is it going to be cold? Just go get in the water. <laughs> That's amazing that you're so into. I mean, it does stitch a thread through the other conversations in your life story for me about your like the experiences you've had in life. It does help sort of make these connections. But I don't think you're the norm here. I I think that the the choice to move towards aliveness is. That's a, 
that's not an easy choice for a lot of people. No, it's not easy for me either. Like I said, we're going to talk a little bit later on how I got into a deep pattern of, of dicking around and avoidance, but that that's what I mean. It helps to come back to this and realize that if, if I'm feeling trapped or I'm feeling drained, it's like, okay, where can I be bold? Where, where's the opportunity? Where's the hunch? And let's go act on it. We'll, I want we can get into that a little later. Okay. Well, I'm curious. Is it, I do want to know just slightly here since we're here. Um, is it true that the, um, the discomfort that you were feeling in Florida, living in Florida and staying in Florida when you were so right on the cusp of were you feeling like you'd outgrown it and right on the cusp of something big, you didn't quite know what exactly you just wanted more. Was it, is it true that that discomfort was greater than the tension or discomfort of taking the risks of making different choices of exposing yourself to, it definitely was a form of the discomfort. Um, I don't know if it was greater or what, but there's, there's more like the chronic like day to day of like, oh, this sucks. And what am I going to do? And blah, blah. And then there's the excitement like that comes from just snap. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We're getting on a plane. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, oh, I feel alive now. Right. I'm so kind of I'm bored, predictable to chronic, like mm, uh, to mundane snap. Let's go. Uh-huh. I mean, like I just pulled the trigger. Let's mm-hmm. do this. I, I like that. That's, that's, that's more fun for me. <laughs> yes. I know you like that. You like to have that every day of your life, actually. I don't think that's necessarily, it's very Every three days. So you decide you're going to take me out to dinner. I take you out to dinner and we and do have- tell. <laughs> Well, you and I had a had a pretty amazing first weekend. We got along very well. We almost burned the whole thing down, or I almost screwed the whole thing up the second mm-hmm. day. You did. You took me on a really terrible date, and um, <laughs> it was bad. It, I admit it was admittedly horrible. I took you. I wanted to take you to the Butterfly Pavilion because the last time I was there. It was going off and butterflies were landing on me and flying around everywhere. Every kind of butterfly in the world. And I was like, this is going to be great. It's he's a tropics boy. I'm going to take him to this hot, humid environment. There's going to be tropical plants and butterflies everywhere. <laughs> when you it's show like so up, all the butterflies went to Tulum or something. All like, yeah, they were all like migrated and released. Gone. <laughs> Nothing there. <laughs> Wasn't even that warm in there anymore. <laughs> I don't know what had happened. Somehow they still took our admission and took it to let us go through. Right. Well, then I spent the rest of the day. I remember our relationship. I remember things were feeling really flat and I described this in the, in the book, but, um, I wasn't bold after that. Point. We were playful with the date, but then after that, Some, something shifted. I and remember we were like, like, don't what screw now? this up. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. gone through the familiar questions of where'd you grow up and what's your favorite color and all that kind of stuff. And it was, uh, where and this? we wanted to spend more time. I remember we had wanted to spend more time together, but it was sort of like Ugh. a natural lull in the uh, sort of waves of excitement and exploration. And yeah, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say. And I was turning into nice you were guy. Totally getting all tweaked out and zipped up and uh, anxious and just like <laughs> awkward and stop. And then, and you, what that, but, but just to describe that in from, from like Southeastern version of that is you're going to be a real gentleman. You're going to be really polite 
And Almost you're really Canadian. Kind. Almost Canadian. <laughs> so far south, it just goes north again. So, um, so it was, and and what that was, it uh, from the outside in, it could have looked, you know, genteel, wonderful, sweet, kind. Oh, what a nice boy, kind of thing. And I was like so uncomfortable. I remember, and I remember feeling well, I started to feel my nice? boredom. What if I was? Why was it uncomfortable? It if wasn't. I, was I wasn't. And it wasn't like I needed you to be a jerk. It just. It was obvious that of a, a really. Um, about uh, probably like a 15 or to 18 inch veneer was being glazed over in between us, our real selves. And, um, and I just remember feeling like this is my weekend. Man. <laughs> like this is, I work really hard during the week. I want to have some fun. This is not going to help me get to know this guy any further. So I was feeling the tension and of my boredom of my like, Ugh, this is mundane. This is not. I'm I'm not. Well, I was. Yeah, I was irritated with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So I wanted to mix things up. And I was firmly in a place of don't mess this up. Do not screw this up. You're screwing it up. Don't do anything to screw it up. And why was that? What happened? Because you went from like being bold and like let's just see. Well, that's to a I mean. contraction. It's a practice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I started to sense like, wow, this could really, this girl's pretty cool. This mm-hmm. could actually be something. Uh-huh. And, and that's when the fear came in. It's like, don't do anything to screw this up. Don't so take any So you kind of like left the present and went to the future, Before, right? Like borrowing, like, oh no, what... I don't want to screw it up because of, I don't want to screw up the future with us because this could be a thing. Right. Which is a really common rut that people trip into. And it ended up screwing it up. Me trying not to screw it up started to screw it up and Uh it flattened any kind of energy we had, any kind of playfulness we had was going out the door. I wasn't having any fun. You weren't having any fun. You started to actually get pissed off. I was pretty oblivious to all this because all I could think about was how I was in my own world. Like, oh, my God, what you said was so stupid. Don't say that again. And don't right. Like, you know, uh, don't. You know, blah, well, and blah, I blah. remember, I think I was trying. I mean, from my recollection, I was trying before we got to the coffee shop. I remember trying to ask you a little bit more, like deeper cut type questions. And I wasn't getting oh, really? I was getting your nervousness back uh, yeah. and your gentlemanliness back. <laughs> you were screwing it up. <laughs> I'd gone from. Southeastern to full Canadian by that point, I think. So, <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll save that story if you want to hear more about this. It's kind of a, yeah, we're good droning on. Okay, so the story about how you saved our marriage. Um, I did. I saved our future marriage. You did. You did. Thank goodness. In a violent manner. Your first of many challenges <laughs> by me. <laughs> in a Starbucks, you. Well, I think that that kind of comes into a bigger thing, which is I had been accustomed to this is how you're supposed to act with women. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the fragmentation of life that I was living. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's mm-hmm. what you do to fit in. Right. Here's what you do so that other people don't get uncomfortable. Here's what you do so that you stay accepted. And being with you, the, the rules were different, which was just be honest with me. Yeah. And I was not used to that. I wasn't even in touch with what was true. It was more 
just what do I say so I don't screw things up? What right. do I, how do I act so you don't get mad? Like well, that kind and of stuff. I would argue that that was a default for you. I mean, I mean, like unconscious default, because we did that in the phone call, which was what inspired you to be like, I have to meet you. And so, so. Yeah, you grilled the hell out of me in that phone call. I didn't, I was like, whoa. And it was amazing. seeking truths. Yeah. It was yeah. seeking like, what do you really care about? But the product of that is that it, from day one in our relationship, you flew the flag for telling the truth and, and the, and how that ended up showing up in our lives was that it was the first time where I didn't feel fragmented in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I, you, you wanted everything. That's right. Meaning you, it, whether it made you uncomfortable, whether it was risky, whether it threatened, if it felt like rejection to you or whatever it might've been, you mm-hmm. wanted to know exactly what was going on, not just what you wanted to hear. Yes. And I was used to being in relationships where it was like, just tell the person what they want to hear. Uh-huh. And, um, and so that, the, the product of that was like, oh, wow, I get to be me. I get to actually show up with whatever was, is actually happening for me. And what, a lot of people find that really, really uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable in the short term to have right. those types of conversations. But then we're back to that relief versus peace of mind. So there's relief like, oh, we're okay. We're not talking about it. And we'll just watch the movie and act like nothing's happening. But there's that low level of tension uh-huh. all the time. That zaps peace of mind. Right. It's like, oh, one day we'll talk about the finances or uh, my weight or, or the fact that we're not having sex. One day we'll get around to these things, which is a lot different than let's talk about whatever's up for you right now right and get now. it out of the way. Let's put it on the table. Right. And that was refreshing because then it was like, oh, well, now I'm back to feeling really connected to, with you. And there's my uh, um, energy for you and my attraction for you again. It's like, this is great. Mm-hmm. We're not hiding anything anymore. And for me, I wanted to, I wanted to be in a relationship where I really trusted you. Yeah. I wanted to be in a relationship where I really felt that trust. Like I knew you weren't going to just tell me what I wanted to hear. And I wanted to know that we were going to be honest with each other. And you were obviously flying the flag for that. So Mm -hmm. I got to finally be in a relationship, the relationship that I wanted where I didn't feel fragmented anymore. And that Mm -hmm. meant that you wanted to hear if I was upset, if I was angry, if I was turned on by other women. And this is like fast forward a little bit. Like this is like you after that weekend, you're like, hell yes, I want more of this experience. Correct. And so fast forward to the foundation that, that I really carried the flag for with us, but that you were all yeses to, I mean, nervous yeses, albeit, but still like you were like, hell yes, more of this. Yeah. And I intuited that, you know, after some more, ups and downs and hazing of that first weekend. <laughs> you did. It we totally. did haze you. Yeah. <laughs> you true. yeah. You and your friends. Um, true. but That's that was where I, I just remember having a conversation with you and just being, I'm going to put all the cards, let's put all the cards on the table then. Yeah. And we've only known each other for a few days and this can sound crazy, but I'm going to put all my cards on the table. And I did. Right. And I just let you know where I was. Where were you? You want to, you want to tell me where you were? You want to tell, speak to it a little bit? I see your voice. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Tell everybody. I remember being in a place where the next morning my flight was leaving and it was one of those things like, well, what's going to happen? Are we just, because I knew that, I knew that, you know, you get back to your life and what am I going to talk to you on the phone once a week or whatever it might be? And that could kill it. And 
I had such a hunch and such a gut feeling like, go for this, like go see where this goes. And I was like, well, I don't know if I want to marry her. That doesn't seem right. Like that's not the next step. And so I, I just became really clear to me. And I, and I said this to you, I said, look, I don't, I don't know if our relationship was going to last five days, five weeks, five months, five years, five lifetimes, but I'm a hundred percent committed to finding out. Mm. And I'm not going to go back to the life that I have and just knowing that you're here and knowing that we have this potential connection here, I'm not going to just, you know, act like it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, that helped me to just commit. So it wasn't about committing to you and you being my partner for life and blah, blah, blah. It was, but my commitment was, I'm going to find out. You're going to find out you're committed to keeping your ear to the ground on whatever this thing is. Right. Bigger than you. I'm not going to go back and act like I don't like, eh, that'd be when it's convenient. I'll right. check on this. I, I like it to look at it as a vow, even though a lot of people wouldn't t- put, they, people sort of do it as like mouths are, re- are related to relationships. But, but you, your vow was to stay in relationship with whatever had you feeling that more well, love. I know I would just go back to or, sleep. You know, I knew I would just kind of go back into That's the what routine. I mean. It's like your, your, your vow was like, I'm not going to get sucked back into like letting my uh, discomfort or, or boredom or whatever the, the, whatever those things were, my, how I might look in the world be, um, take over. I'm right. not going to let those eclipse me for f- just, I'm not going to let fear or smallness or whatever it was eclipse whatever's here. And, right. and, and that was to me, it was like the, the vow of curiosity, the vow to follow your curiosity, whatever that meant that took out, I, as I saw it, that took out a lot of like what I hear people that I work with, at least I'm sure you get it with you is they're like, they, they immediately con- get confronted with the how. I either, I don't know how, or I wouldn't know how to go about that. Or they, how do I, how does this look in my real life? And, and so it need, seems like you really were, saying is I need to have a plan. I need to have it figured out. Huh? How's this going to work? Uh huh. And they want the plan. And that's certainly a trap where we think we need the plan beforehand. The plan is going to. So the plan is a trap. A plan is a trap because it's essentially, we believe that if we have a plan, then we won't have to feel uncomfortable. If we have the right plan, we won't be risking anything. If we have the right plan, there's no chance that we're going to, we're going to minimize the opportunity to be humiliated or rejected. So I know when I'm seeking the perfect plan, the vision, the perfect vision for what's coming next, I'm getting lost in that fantasy. Usually how things develop is let's go find out. Mm-hmm. let's roll up our sleeves and get in here and let's go see what happens instead of let me have everything all planned out and let me know how this is going to work. And then I'll do it. Most of us are waiting to do that. And yeah. I certainly did this too. And I that's can't why do I'm at, that, That's what, that, so my question here is like you, this is all hindsight for you. It's all hindsight. Yeah. So what about in the moment? How did you even like how for I the relationship? Yeah, just the willingness to commit to your curiosity and not and vow to not go back to your small discomfort, boring situation. I knew that I wanted this. I knew that I wanted. I was really clear. Right, you were in touch with from that conversation with Alex that I wanted a relationship and of this caliber, 
and I wasn't going to go back. It, it was like, well, here's a, the door opens. So what are you going to do? Just right. kind of hold back. It was Freeze. like, okay, the door opens. Yeah. Like, go, go see where this leads. Uh, and I was on board to do that. Okay. okay. And I didn't know where it was going to lead, but I was okay uh, with taking some risks and being yeah. uncomfortable and finding out. I knew yeah. that it wasn't going to be a home run and it was all going to reveal itself. I wasn't, I wasn't into that mindset that, you know, I needed to have the one and everything all perfect. Yeah. And I mean, I, that sang my song too. I mean, it wouldn't have, I would have, it would have been one of those veneer kind of things I've been like, Oh shit. That would have actually probably scared me away is that if you would have had all that, I would have been like, Whoa, <laughs> creeper. So, right. well, so it's great. I had actually been with women that were like, Oh great. Here's the guy that's going to allow me to have a really nice wedding and a baby. And it was like, I'm out. Yeah. As soon as I feel like, well, you right. know, a, a, yeah. A, a means I, to an yeah. end. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like if you'd have done that, I think I would have been totally freaked out and creeped out. So, so it worked really well Which for me too. one of the reasons too. why I wanted to be with you is that I didn't smell that princess shit on you. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good for you. <laughs> so, so the, so yeah, let, let's, let's fast forward a little bit. Okay. Um, you fast forward to the fact that like all the stacks now you had already been thinking about moving to Boulder. You are, you would already, you were already working for the integral Institute in some ways you and I actually almost met several years ago through the integral Institute. That would have been crazy, but, um, it, it was enough checks, enough boxes maybe had been checked. I don't yeah. know. I'm curious. Like what was the final thing where you were like, all right, that's it. I'm moving to Boulder. Well, meeting you, it was like, okay, what are you waiting for? Like, let's go, let's just pull the trigger. You've already set up your company in a certain way so that you can work remotely. Um, you've already, you've been preparing for this. You told yourself that you want to go down this road. Here's this really cool gal. What else do you need? Mm -hmm. Let's go, let's figure it out. And so within a really short period after of meeting, after meeting mm -hmm. you, I was out in Boulder. Yeah. I packed up my dog and my truck yeah. and a couple of guitars and, and I was out there. Yeah. I remember being really happy and excited and also concerned because you were leaving the life that you'd known. You were leaving comforts that were really crafted as yours back before. You were also leaving your men's group. We'll stop this part of the conversation here. Please tune into the next installment to hear why life and work weren't so happily ever after. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.